Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Well, welcome everybody to the Kick Pregnancy Podcast. It's terrific to be back. It is. It's very good to be uh, here talking to you and we think it's really important that we do uh, release this episode because we've got some updates for you. Updates on uh, COVID in pregnancy and the new Australian recommendations for COVID vaccination in pregnancy. Yep. So we'll probably put this in as a bonus episode because, you know, COVID being the disease that it is, we're learning things as we go along. So Absolutely. So some of this information is new and some of it represents a significant uh, variation on on advice previously given. Yep. So we'll probably uh, cancel the one that we had in March and... This uh, is being recorded on June the 9th, 2021. So, Paddy, what has been the previous advice? Let's, let's go back to where we think people were left. Well, so far, Australian authorities have not recommended routine COVID vaccination for pregnant women. And the basis of that has really been insufficient safety data. So if we look right back at the uh, trials that were done into the safety of the new COVID vaccines, there weren't give or take any pregnant women in those in those uh, trial groups. And that led to difficulties in generalising the advice to pregnant women. Given we've had so little COVID in Australia, the Australian authorities said the risk of you catching COVID in the first place is very low the risks of the vaccine for pregnant women were unknown and therefore they, they came down with some cautious advice to say the vaccine was not recommended to Australian women in pregnancy. Yeah, and we actually did a post back in March when that information was released and we had American followers say, hey, in America we've been getting the vaccine for pregnancy for since day dot. Yes, so that's the difference in advice because if you live in a a high-incidence country, which the US certainly was at that time, or the UK or, you know, India, then they would have been giving very different advice based on the fact that um, any possible side effects from the vaccine would have been well and truly outweighed by the risk of getting the condition in the first place. Yep. All right. So throughout this episode, we're going to be talking some acronyms and they're my pet hate. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with some definitions. Um, First up, we'll be talking about RANSCOG. Who are they? So RANSCOG is the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And that's our professional body for obstetrician and gynecologists. And they have responsibility for training of postgraduate doctors in ONG, examination, certification. But they also have a role in advocacy for women's health issues and also for advocating for the role of uh, specialist ONGs and GP obstetricians in the Australian health system. Yep. Australian and New Zealand health system. Yep. <laughs> Good save. And the other acronym we'll be talking about is ATAGI. Yes. Yeah, so Actually, that, do you say ATAGI? 
I don't know. Oh, a Taji. Uh, maybe. maybe. Maybe a Taji. That's the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation. Yeah. And that's different. That's part of the government. That's part of the Department of Health. And that's a group of uh, scientists and doctors who give advice to the health minister on vaccine-related issues. And then hopefully the health minister would take that, take that advice and turn it into government policy. All right. So what is the new advice? Let's go back a little bit. Yeah. Just because there weren't um, pregnant women or many pregnant women in the vaccine trials doesn't mean that there aren't any pregnant women who've had the vaccine. In fact, if there are tons of pregnant women who've had the vaccine worldwide and they would typically be women living in high-risk COVID countries uh, where the risk, any risk associated with the vaccine was well and truly outweighed by risks associated with uh, actually getting COVID and getting sick. So lots of pregnant women have actually had the vaccine and we've been following those women. And it turns out that their health outcomes for those women are excellent and the safety data for the vaccine is excellent. So we're now in a position to, to say that um, pregnant women should be offered in Australia a, um, a vaccination with the Pfizer vaccine. And there's even more evidence that well, when they look at cord blood, so remember cord blood is fetal blood. So the baby comes out, you clamp the cord. If you take some blood from the cord of a woman who's been vaccinated, there's some antibodies in the, in the cord blood, suggesting that a, a certain amount of antibody protection would have been passed on to the baby. And also there's some antibodies in breast milk, which again may lead to high levels of immunity in the newborns. So um, when we recorded this, uh, the Australian government, uh, which Atagi's part of, but it hadn't actually uh, changed the rules of who could get the vaccine. So we don't know how that's going to impact on whether a pregnant woman can ring up the hotline today and, and get No, so this came out yesterday. Yep. So what we're assuming we're going to see, hopefully we're going to see in the next few days, is um, the actual vaccine centres being open to pregnant women uh, regardless of age. Yeah, because we think they're a subset that should should get the vaccine if they want it. Absolutely. So right now there aren't many pregnant women in the 40 to 50 age group that would otherwise qualify. So they're going to have to change the rules at the front desk to say you can come in regardless of age if you're pregnant. Yeah. And we're, we're not talking about compulsory. No, um, we're talking about an offer. Yeah. Um, if on the basis of, of, of your risk analysis, after discussing that with your GP or, or specialist, you feel that a vaccine's the right decision for you, then then you can come and have one. Because we know now a little bit more about the disease of COVID in pregnant women, don't we? Yes. Yeah, so um, it turns out that it is worse if, you, if you're pregnant. This is new from our last time we recorded an episode about COVID. Yes. So... Uh, at the start of COVID, um, there was a huge amount of concern in the community and we were going off the information we had at the time. What seems pretty clear now from the from the global data, and tragically there are no shortage of women around the world who've had COVID in pregnancy, that it is worse. You're more likely to get a severe version of the COVID-19 illness compared to a matched woman of your age who's not pregnant. Um, and what about things such as preterm birth? That's a thing as well. So we think that the virus does predispose you to preterm birth and it certainly predisposes you to what we call the atrogenic preterm birth. That means we've caused it. For example, if you, you're 32 weeks and you get COVID and you've got COVID pneumonia and you're on your way to the intensive care unit to be intubated and ventilated, you may be well, much better off not being pregnant anymore. Yeah, so you, the baby would be, you'd go through 
being induced or yes, usually and usually, but if it, if it, if you're in such poor condition that all of that stuff's necessary, then you wouldn't go well with a natural labour. So we're talking about a with a vaginal birth. So we're talking about a uh, cesarean section. You know, the birth may be brought on in order to protect the mother's health and the mother's chances of surviving the severe ICU form of COVID. And, you know, we can do that with safety once the baby's reached a certain level of um, gestation. So I want to move on to talking about some instant news. I'm terming them instant news Uh items, yeah. And what's in the social media at the moment is that vaccine can impact on your fertility. (laughs) We've got the dog in the room with us at the moment. It's not going well. Beagles are gorgeous, but uh, here we are. Mm. <laughs> Hope you can't hear him. So back to uh, the news that vaccine can impact your fertility. What do you think about that? This one's easy. There is no evidence at all that any vaccines, including the COVID vaccine, will impair your fertility. Yeah. No reliable evidence at all um, that suggests that. So if you read that, you have to consider what are the most motivations of the person that's trying to tell you that and why have they uh, focused in on your natural concerns about your fertility Mm. to try and provoke a response. So um, anti-vaccination sources of information know very well that the way to extract an emotional response from a young woman is to suggest that something's going to impact her future fertility. And but there's talk- no evidence to suggest it's true in any way. Yeah, and we talk about biases a bit and I think the thing that Insta News does is it, it does uh, add to confirmation bias. So you hear it, you see it once, you see it again, you see yeah. it again. And you start to think maybe there's something, maybe there's in, something this. in this. Yeah. Another thing that was in the Insta News probably about two weeks ago, actually this made mainstream news too, is that it can impact, the COVID vaccine can impact on your period. Yeah, now this is probably true. And it's interesting because this is not impacting on fertility, but it might upset your period temporarily. Yeah. Now, that's not that weird because lots of things upset your period temporarily, don't they? So every menstruating woman in the world has probably had an experience where something has interrupted the otherwise perfectly regular clockwork nature of her period. And the things that commonly do that would be a severe or a significant non-gynecological illness. So I've got the flu and weirdly my period went strange. Changes to routine. So I travelled internationally and my uh, and my period started yeah, my starting on a different sort of, day. Yeah. yeah. Or significant emotional upset and uh, people get worried they might be pregnant, do a pregnancy test, no, and then two or three days later, bingo, there comes a period. So lots of things can inf- influence that and diseases elsewhere in the body that cause inflammation, that will commonly upset a period in a minor way and a temporary way and a a way that is not related to any lasting change on underlying fertility. So given that a vaccine, it can cause inflammation in your body. These particular vaccines can cause local reactions around your arm. As part of the immune response or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that shows it's working. You know? And a systemic response in your body, some, some people get some uh, mild fever, some aches and pains, uh, some backache and muscle aches. So it's not at all unusual that that would cause a very temporary and harmless interruption to a, a menstrual cycle. How many cycles do you think might be interrupted? Well, the case reports are interesting. They suggest that it's two or three. Two or three, okay. And also having COVID-19 itself, there's been reported impacts on someone's period. Well, the same thing, isn't it? You've got a significant enough thing going on in the rest of your body. It's not that amazing that it might interrupt your period for a little bit. And do you think that it is the problem with all types of vaccines? 
Is that phenomenon involved in all vaccines? Yes. Well, potentially, anything that you could get a systemic reaction to. I think the systemic reactions from the um, from the COVID vaccines probably are more frequent than some of the other vaccines we use, mm. and so therefore the chance of it interrupting the period might be higher. The guidelines are recommending the uh, Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Yep. Can we just talk a little bit about that? The, what is an mRNA vaccine? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth um, understanding this because it's being talked about in the mainstream media all the time. What are mRNA vaccines? So the whole process behind uh, vaccination is to introduce to our body a harmless version of a pathogen. A pathogen is you know, something that causes disease and let our immune system make a, an immune response to that so that if we're later confronted with the real thing, our immune system will say, I know all about this one, I've got it, and mount a quick and effective response. So uh, there's various ways of doing that. You can make a vaccine by using a dead version of the, um, of the pathogen or an inactivated version of the pathogen. And mRNA vaccines are a really interesting, really clever new version newer version of vaccines. Basically, when a pathogen um, comes into our body, there's a part of our immune system that recognises it as a pathogen and it sends a message to the other part of our immune system that makes the antibodies to say, uh, I've been exposed to blah, 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 please make an antibody to that. A very polite immune system that, we that, have. They, they, that's how they speak. <laughs> and that, that message is in the form of something called messenger RNA. So messenger RNA is mRNA. And the way this was explained to me was really clever. I thought that, that it's like when you go to a restaurant, the mRNA is the waiter's pad. So you give the order, the waiter writes it down on his little pad, and then uh, the kitchen uh, cooks up the antibody. Okay, so they worked out that they could make vaccines where you didn't inject um, a live, uh, you know, an, an attenuated or harmless version of the virus or a dead version of the of the pathogen. You just injected some mRNA that had the recipe for the antibodies. Yeah, right. Okay, and so that goes straight off to the to the the part of our immune system that's the kitchen and it cooks up the antibodies and returns it politely to the rest of the body at a reasonable price. Yeah, at a reasonable price. <laughs> Without swearing, like Gordon Ramsay or anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's common side effects that we have been advised about for when you have the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. Are there any worse side effects for pregnant women? No, they're the same. Okay. So the global experience has been quite clear about that. They're the same and in about the same um, uh, incidence. Okay. Okay. The, about the same number of people will get it. Can we quickly go through them for pregnant and non-pregnant people then? It's local and systemic. Uh -huh. And so the local ones are pain at the injection site, redness at the injection site and swelling at the injection site. Okay, that, that's ones right where they put in. And then throughout the rest of your body, people are reporting tiredness, headache, muscle pains, chills and fevers like, you, like you're sick and uh, nausea. And those things can happen if you have the vaccine and they can happen if you're pregnant and have the vaccine. Yeah. I haven't had mine yet. I've been trying very hard to get mine, but you've had yours. You didn't have any. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. So, um, you know, really, really, I think the majority of people are probably getting nothing or nothing much. Yeah. So um, there's one more thing we want to talk about, and that is that there's new advice from Atagi about the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. 
Yeah, so I didn't know this until we looked into this, but they're now saying that it's okay to have a, a seven, not a 14-day gap between um, seasonal flu vaccination and the COVID vax, yeah. which is really handy at this time of year because we're just heading in. This is the first few days of winter when we're recording this. And so now is when I'm recommending all my patients have their flu vaccine and they're all rocking along to their general practices or their workplaces and to having the flu vaccine. And I suspect very soon we'll also be saying to them you should have a COVID vaccine as well. So knowing that knowing an appropriate interval is important. Yeah. And we actually in our um, Grow My Baby program uh, did a masterclass on flu vaccine and pregnancy, which was really important. And that is kind of the exclusive content that we put into our program. Uh, but we did think that uh, information about COVID was uh, needed in our general community. So we want uh, all of the Kick Pregnancy podcast people to be on top of this. Yep, excellent. All right. Well, uh, I think that's the full bottle, isn't it? On I think so. I I, um, I hope that um, that uh, brings people up to date. And what we really hope to see now is that the, the rules are changed, and, and on the basis of that statement from Rans Cog and Targi, and that uh, and that we, we can start um, giving um, what appears to be a very safe COVID vaccine to pregnant women. All right. Well, we'll be back to normal programming very soon. Now that we're all set up, we mightn't do it with the dog in the room next time. <laughs> he's now he's now chewing on a bit of plastic. So. <laughs> Probably very bad for him. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.